What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Joe Bonamassa here with another exciting episode of Live from Nerdville. Today is the Super Bowl of interviews. Now, I've interviewed everyone from Warren Haynes, Eric Johnson, Hall and Oates, Paul Stanley, Essie Cup from CNN. And now we get to we get to the absolute holy grail of interviews, ladies and gentlemen. The one that was the hardest one to get because I had to go through their agents at CAA. Mom and Dad, thanks for doing this on our, on our first, hopefully last, annual holiday spectacular, because next year I plan on going back to work as a guitar player. Thanks for doing it, Mom and Dad. No problem, Joe. Hey, Joe. I love your hat. Bah humbug. I'm going to bring it up for you, Joe. Just the season. I'm bringing it up for the holidays. I'm going to wear it for two days. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I'm 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 thrilled to be talking to my parents in a controlled environment, you know, where where people can witness the abuse that 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 I I have to deal with. So, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is our family holiday traditions. Now, you know, um, you know, it's it is it is well documented that I got my first guitar came from Santa, and 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 being that uh, I'm currently in a pitch battle with Federal Express over something else that was supposed to show up it it it, it, it uh, Santa was late with the guitar it didn't it didn't quite show up right on Christmas but and there was an IOU from him uh way back when and and, and you know tell me about the first guitar that that Santa brought me dad yeah that guitar was the Chiquita right and, uh and we ordered it through a music store locally, and it uh, was promised by Christmas. Well, it didn't happen. It didn't make Santa's sleigh, and we're just hoping you weren't going to be heartbroken. But, uh, you know, we were just excited waiting for it to come because we thought it'd be a great guitar for someone who was five years old. And uh, But it finally came, and, uh, you know, we got you got through the trauma. And... Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, the rest is history on that. And uh, it uh, was a great guitar for you to learn on. Well, uh, the, Mom, you know historically I take bad news really well. I've oh. always I've, I've always <laughs> taken things like that in stride. Explain to the viewers here about an incident when I was a kid involving a red fire truck and a trip to Toys R Us. And I, I really wanted a red fire truck. And it was the first time you literally had to extricate your son from a public setting. From a public setting, yeah. Um, you, you didn't take the word no too well at that age, Joe. You saw this red fire truck, wanted it right then and there. And um, it ended up that your father had to literally carry, carry you out of the <laughs> store, kicking and screaming all the way. In fact, one of my sisters was in the store also, and she later told me that she had heard the whole thing and knew it was you. Right. Major meltdown, major <laughs> meltdown. Yeah, and, 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 you know, luckily 43 years later, nothing's changed, you know? No, yes, no, no. no. It's great. I, you know, I go back remembering Christmas. You were, I think, six years old, and you were hanging 6L6 power tubes from the Christmas tree as ornaments. Something was wrong, Joe. Something was very wrong. Very yeah. wrong, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we grew up in a in a in a modest middle class house. And I didn't realize that that until 
you guys had sold our, 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 the house that we grew up in, that it was only 900 square feet as it stood. There was an unfinished basement, but it was, it, it was for four people. It was, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, considering the room I'm sitting in right now is 900 square feet. You know, it doesn't feel like that with all the guitars and amps. We can discuss that later. But, you know, I mean, you guys were so tolerant and my sister Lindsay was very tolerant of my musical adventures because I would sit there in my room and I would play and I would play loud music on both on record and just play guitar. But you were always very encouraging, you know, uh, to 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 myself to to follow this thing that 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 I seem to be very fixated on. How, how did you deal with all that? Um, it, it was difficult at times. Um I seen the passion you had at a very young age and uh, you absolutely loved playing the instrument. You couldn't put it down. You'd come out into the living room and sit in your favorite chair with your guitar unplugged watching television and never stopped. You, right. you always had a guitar in your hand, but it was difficult when Lindsay was uh, room down from you down the hall and you're playing at 124 decibels in your room and her desk was shaking and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, w it was difficult at times, you know. It was a very loud house. It was a very small <laughs> house, but uh, you know, we dealt with it. Right? Did you um, did you guys ever have any? I mean, because you were always encouraging, you know, musical adventures. Dad, you had a band, and I would sit in when I was eight, and you know, and and. But did you guys ever discuss like, okay, the kid wants to get in the music business? And, and, you know, we're from Utica, New York. We're not, you know, we're not hot shots, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, how, how did you, how did you guys come to that reconciliation? I give this question to mother about, you know, like my schooling and, and uh, being a normal kid when, when clearly there was something wrong with the boy and, and, and he, he, he really needed to express this music thing before he decided to become a normal you know, member of society? Well, the schooling was a very important aspect. I mean, the, the career would not have been able to continue without the schooling, naturally. And luckily, um, um, PAS at the time did um, found a place in New York City called On Location Education, which you know did a lot of work with younger children and probably um, in the um, musical you know venues there in New York, and contacted them, and they made contact with tutors throughout the country wherever you were going to be stationed, you know, so that you could continue to work and um, stay up to date with the uh, classwork that your uh, fellow classmates in New York Mills were doing. So once you got off the road, you went back to school and, and you uh, were all caught up. You know, so I, I, that I, was a big concern. I remember you, and I'm paraphrasing, he's like, you know, you basically would always tell me like, you're like, listen, nobody likes a dumb guitar player. You gotta, you, you gotta, you, <laughs> You got to have a brain, son. You can't just get by in your good looks and your guitar, you know, or maybe just your guitar. Tell me, you know, tell me um, early on, you know, uh, because, you know, Dad, you played in bands, you know, from yep. uh, from you, 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 you the, I remember the first, I, I think we still have those T-shirts, Raisin Cane. You know, then the, the, there was then there was the infamous J.C. Lenny, which was a an, an acronym for Jim Carbone and Lenny Bonamassa. There was the first band called Timberwolf. That was a five piece rock band. And, um, it uh, I started playing late, like twenty one years old, 
And uh, mom bought me when we were married at 21, very young. And uh, she bought me my first guitar. It was basically a department store acoustic guitar. It was basically unplayable. I right. mean, the action was so high off the neck. And it was almost discouraging. And uh, so I didn't play it very much. And then my brother ended up buying a Tisco Del Rey electric guitar. It was the first electric guitar around. And because, uh, you know, we were low income. Uh, couldn't afford a good guitar. And uh, so I went over to my brother's house and uh, he had been playing for a few months and he started playing chords and a few things. Well, I couldn't let that happen. So that kind of encouraged me to start pick, picking up my game a little bit. And uh, so to, to make a long story short, by the time I was 26, I was out doing club dates. But, uh, you know, I always loved to I always loved music. You know, since I was seven, eight years old, I always had a transistor radio, listening to music growing up, and my parents couldn't afford an instrument for me, and uh, it was it was difficult. But uh, you know, as time went on, uh, you know, working, and I was able to afford a better guitar. And uh, but yeah, I uh, played eleven years in the clubs, playing in duos, trios, rock bands, and uh, probably two to four nights a week, I'd be playing, plus working full-time in a factory and, uh, it, you know, but it was an, an enjoyable time for me in my life. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. My favorite part about the mom buying you the first guitar was the fact that you were clearly married and she clearly knew you were left-handed, but bought you a right-handed guitar. <laughs> what did I know about guitars, Joe? I thought they were all the same. I, I was like, I was like, I was like, she, is that a message there after 46 years of the, you know, like, here, here's a right-handed guitar. Have fun I, with this. Actually, left-handed guitars back then were quite rare, hard to find. They still are. Yeah. They, they still are. But, you know, a lot of great guitar players were left-handed and played right-handed. B.B. King being one of them. Gary Moore was left-handed yeah. and played right-handed. Mom, tell me about. Um, you know, early on, you, you know, you guys got married very, very early on. You, you, you had a three-year golden era where there was no kids. But uh, you, you went straight to work. You, you worked your, basically, all, your entire, you know, adult professional life for the state of New York. And you, you, would, you, would, you would go from different departments, but it was all under, you know, you worked for the state. Tell me, tell me like, what age you got involved in, in, in your career. Oh, wow. Let me see. I graduated from high school in June and in August of that same year, which I'm not going to give. Right. Um, I got called by the Department of Tax, Taxation and Finance in Utica, New York for an interview and ended up getting the job and started in August. So from August um, after graduation. Right. Of, of, of 1990, yeah. You graduated in 1990, yeah. <laughs> I uh, started with the state of New York there. When we got married, we were living in Rochester, New York. And um, the district superintendent um, in Utica uh, made a call, and I was able to get a position in Rochester for the tax department. And then when we moved back to Utica, I started with, at that time, it was called, um, it wasn't SUNY College of Technology, but uh, I forget what it was called back then. And from there, I went into the Labor Department and from the Labor Department to um, finishing my career at Empire State College. 
some 30 some odd years later. Well, you know, the, 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 one of the things that I love about the internet trolls, and 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 I and I know, Dad, you're you're not a social media guy, but you you you're a lurker. You 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 have you have enough. Oh, to, I lurk. You lurk. Right. And what a lot of people think um, that my parents were multi-millionaires who poured millions of dollars of 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 money into my career, and as we could see, we were, and I always tell people that we were just. You know, middle class. You know, a normal middle class family from upstate New York. Check, 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 you know, and check uh, yeah, total blue collar, and uh, just got by. You know, and uh, we were lucky to be able to build a house in 1983, and uh, you know, and have one car, and it was difficult. You know, and and, and my grandfather basically built the house. I, you know, we we all kind. I I remember pounding nails and. Probably yeah. child labor laws were were, were yeah. looked the other way. I mean, but I remember being on the roof pounding nails and At five years old. You're on the roof. Yeah, because I had to be involved. Yeah. What? You know, um, it, it was interesting because I know, like, as you kind of wrapped up your your days as being a, a, a you know a you know going out playing clubs because the, the the drinking laws had changed and the and the because used to be tons of gigs then there wasn't so many gigs. Yeah, and yeah. as soon as you stopped, I started. Then and the mayhem started. Yes, and 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 I, I, poor I, mother I, going. I, finally, some peace and quiet in the house. Was was? <laughs> do you remember a time when there wasn't a gig happening in your life, mother? I mean, when when, when it wasn't fought my dad or 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 me or somebody oh. disrupting the house with with some sort of gear or music. No, there was never a time because even before um, before um, both your father or you started playing out, I mean, the stereo was always blasting. So there was always a lot of noise in that house. Yeah, it, it was the loud family. Yeah. Um, just, Rehearsals in the basement. Do you remember those days? The cold yeah. basement down there in the winter months rehearsing bands. And it was it, it was different. Was it, Not it, your it, normal family no, growing up in no. central New York. Do you miss central New York? Because a lot of people like today were commenting, uh, commenting on like, I hope your parents are not too snowed in. And I'm like, well, you haven't lived in central New York for, for a long time. And I, I always say this about central New York, and I'm proud to be from where I, where I grew, grew up, Yorkville or Utica, the central New York area. I'm proud. But the thing about central New York, if you made $300 after taxes in 1980, 1990, 2000, and in, two, in 2020, you're not doing bad. Right. $10,000 you know $10, $10 to $15,000 a year was an average paycheck. And, and, and the, the economy never, you never, never really saw the booms. No. You never saw the bus. It just kind of was. I was like, I'll pay you two ninety nine or three oh one, but it's like, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting number for me because of how we grew up and, and, you know, it, it you again, like you said, living paycheck to paycheck and just making ends meet. Yeah, Central New York is a tough place to grow up and and to try to earn a living. They lost all their industry. You know, it's right in the middle of the Rust Belt. And uh, if you weren't working for the state of New York or a government job, it was tough sledding. Literally, it was very difficult. You know, that's why after a while, over the years, I became a state employee and uh, you know worked as a CEO at a maximum security prison and it was tough work, you know, uh, and that's where I retired from, but no, go, going back to what you said, Joe. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, you, uh, 
didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. That's for sure. You earned every penny that you made. And uh, luckily, at a young age, you were making decent money and was able to afford some nice guitars. I mean, what the people don't know out there, stuff wasn't given to you. You bought it with the money that you earned playing shows. And, uh, you know, people get the wrong impression. And I you, remember. you struggled you for struggled, several sure. years, too, trying to build your business. Absolutely. It wasn't, wasn't easy for you either. No, I'm, I'm, as we speak, I'm waiting on a guitar that I sold to move to California, you know, that I ended up buying back 20 years later, you know, and well, here, here's the thing. Um, I remember when I started collecting guitars, I've always was into like the gear, you know, and I had a very small room and a closet that I figured out that if I stacked things in a certain way, I could stack things behind the firewall, which mother approved the purchases, okay? <laughs> and then the stuff that she didn't approve or didn't know about would be stacked behind and or in other places. Famous story of the Red Strat that my, my dad found at, uh, at the music store locally. It was a 1972, all beat up. This was probably when I was 11 years old. It was $275, and Dad bought it for me. Now, we, we, did, we couldn't afford it. And I remember I had a window of opportunity for, like, the first four weeks in which we had this guitar before we both had the courage to tell you that it, that because <laughs> it was a negotiation. We had to be slow and methodical. Yeah. Well, and I, what you did always is kept me confused. Right. You know, I that, still do. Yeah, no, we, we've had this guitar for a long time, right. and I could never be sure if yeah. it was. Yeah. See, the key was to get we it in news before it was popular. We, <laughs> we, it, it was, we, had a, we had a newspaper. It was a systematic campaign of disinformation to keep right. you from catching us in, in what, we were, what we were finding in the red guitar. I had a window of opportunity. I used to get home from school at Two 2.45, approximately, I would take the orange bus down, uh, uh, God, it was a Cross Street or something, and right. then and I would walk down, I would speed oh, walk down Campbell Ave, because I didn't want to take the other stops, because I got home 10 minutes faster, and I had a window of 2.45 to about 4.35, which I could play this red Stratocaster that Dad had bought for me, and you didn't know about yeah. it. So when I heard the, the door <laughs> slam on the Jetta or the Pontiac Bonneville, Okay, we're done with this for the day, and I would slide it back, and then it eventually, you know. What do you, what do, you, what are your fondest memories of our earliest gigs? Like, like you know, like the the one at the Metro, which was the one that kind of started it all. I mean, because we we were just we were just putting on a gig, you know, and it was you know we had Midnight Mike and his band, and he would do a second set, I would do the first set, and you would mom would drive me home. It's like. I mean, it was as basic as it gets as far as there was no social media. Um, and there was an article in the paper about a, a kid from Yorkville. I mean, like, what, what do you, you look back at those days and you go, how do we end up here? Well, you know, it's, uh, it was kind of difficult for me because I had no one to relate to. I couldn't just call a friend, hey, you know, how did you get your son from point A to point B? What do we do here? Um, doing the right thing. Yeah, um, you know, plus I had to see how you were feeling if you wanted to do this and you were always excited about playing gigs and uh, and you always second guess yourself. But it was a very exciting time because at your age, 
I think you were 11 and your ability to play the instrument was was mind boggling. I mean, going back to six, seven years old, you were able to do things that were incredible. And uh, and you never ever shown any signs of stage fright or anything. But yes, your first gig at the Metro, which is a was a cool building, very cool inside. And um, I, you know, we just uh, we hit the newspaper and in uh, in, uh, in conjunction with the club um, advertised and, uh, and then plus my word of mouth, which is quite large. Anyways, I told all my friends, family, and everybody I knew about it and to see that place packed to the rafters sold out. And my father was there collecting $5 bills, $5 bills. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was looking at me like, what's going on? Look at this, you know? And my mom was there. That's when both my parents were alive, and uh, it was an exciting night. It really was. Well, and to see the crowd react, react to, to you, and, you know, I mean, that was just. Uh, I, some people still think those are my best years, you know, <laughs> what they say on the Internet. Mom, tell, tell, tell the folks, um, I call it the Mickey Mouse Club um, uh, incident. Um, the The... The, the, the time I was invited to play on the Mickey Mouse Club, I was think it was 13 or 14, and I went down there. It really wasn't our my scene, you know, but it was it, whatever. It was an enjoyable. Plus, they, they gave us like a free trip to free Disney. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, the price of, the, you know, the price of one's dignity. It was like, all right, fine. I'll be on the show. We'll, we'll get the free, <laughs> free vacation. And. And at the time, the dis this is this is when cable still had thirteen or fourteen channels, and you had to buy everything a la carte. So you had to buy you had to buy I don't know HBO separate, and unless yeah. unless somebody came home with a discrambling box, not saying anybody yeah who else that. um, <laughs> that's never that's never that's fake news. Anyway, um, you called the cable company and got them to give away a free Disney Channel weekend in our local area the weekend I was on the show. Well, actually, one of the guys that I worked with, his wife worked for the cable company, so she was my in. Right. So, I, yeah, I spoke with her, and um, we worked it out with the cable company and and uh, so that the whole area could, could get to see you um, on the show, but... And you and do you remember my line? I had I had I had one I had one spoken line on that show. Was it M I C? See you real soon. See? Oh, see no, I, see. I still got it. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> Joe, you gotta be proud of the fact that you're Mickey Mouse Club Hall of Famer. I don't know if you all your fans know that, but you are and you received this big statue called the Mickey of Mickey Mouse. And right. uh, yeah. One of your proud moments, moments, huh? And the and the and the, the the Mickey had uh, there was a there was a there was an incident involving I believe a a, a, a a Macintosh power amp and a CD and the Mickey fell off the speaker and now it's an amputated Mickey I don't even know if it still exists oh it, it does I'm, I'm sure I'm sure what about you know you know you know I always say Lindsay my sister Lindsay she got the brains and the beauty in the in the in the in the lineage. And, um, you know, I always, you know, she was a champion because, you know, she had a brother who was four years older, was going through school, was somewhat famous at the time, you know, in, in 
our little world. And she was always Joe's sister. But she she took it like a champ and she made her own way and was like she she didn't really want anything to do with the 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 music business or show business or anything and she just she she now lives you know in San Francisco with two beautiful kids a wonderful husband and she's you know uh, you know she's got a master's degree and like you know how proud are you of 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 Lindsay you know I mean because that could have affa- affected her adversely you know always kind of living in someone's shadow who's kind of absolutely sucking the air out of the room or or taking up the, the, the parental's time and energy. Yeah, I, I'm extremely proud of Lindsay. And Lindsay loves music and is a very good piano player. And uh, she's classically trained and she sings like a bird. She's very gifted musically. But even you know when she was young, she's seen what you went through and the amount of work it took. And I don't think she wanted to commit herself to that life unless she knew she wanted to be a performer and uh but she still has the love of music and uh she she was very focused on what she did uh she loved education and uh she's a very hard-working mom and it's accomplished a great deal with her kids and uh she's done really well for herself and uh, she's very proud of you she is well, and yeah she and she got through it very well and uh you know, it couldn't have been easy for her. That's for sure. No, it's a force to be reckoned with oh, at yeah. any point in time. Right. Oh, and I yeah. mean, she she um she worked hard. She did always did well in school, yes. and uh, ended up earning an MBA. You know, while she was pregnant with Waverly, and uh, I don't know. She's she's worked hard. She's she's very smart. She beautiful girl. Very loving. Yeah, she doesn't take a back seat to anybody. No, she does not. She'll drop yeah. the gloves on the ice in a heartbeat. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're very proud of both of our children. Yes. And and where and where are we speaking from? You're, you you guys live currently in Sonoma, California. Yes, we yes, do. Yes, we do. Thanks to our wonderful son who wow. made it possible. And wow. uh, what a beautiful place to live and to retire. I mean, it, it's. There's so much to explore here. It's so beautiful. We've met so many nice people here in our neighborhood, and uh, it's quite the drastic change uh, versus living in upstate New York where you only see 60 days of sunshine at best and where it's sunny out just about every day here. Uh, down the road, San Francisco, uh, the coast is from us um we had everything at our fingertips and what a great place to be did you ever think of there was to be a time in your life that the entire bonamassa clan would be living in california uh, no, no, no. I so, never did. so we're, we're all on the same page i technically live in nashville but but i have a place in california but do yeah. you think did you ever think we would we would all be out within you know in, in the state of california and our no. life no, you know what, Joe? I'm a practical and realistic type person, and I knew that we could never afford to live in California, to be perfectly honest. In our from going from a small home in upstate New York to any place in California just wasn't going to happen for us. So for that, we are eternally grateful. We are living our best life ever. Um, I got the sun up. 
two Seven, years in a row. Two years in a row. It's the best. It's the best thing I've ever done. It's the best thing I've ever done. What What has changed more? Um, you know, uh, as far as you know, as as we now like now, I'm 31 years in the music business, and we've all we've all been we've seen it all. What's changed for you as far as you know? Um, your outlook on life, you know, moving from upstate New York to, to, to being retired because you guys were very active, you know, dad had the, the guitar shops and then he worked for the state and, you know, sometimes tangentially. Um, and, and, and now you're retired. How do you, how do you, how do you, you know, I, I, I've been practicing retirement this year because there's nothing to do. And to be honest with you, after about a couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, this is, this is not for me yet. Um, what, what do you do? I mean, how do you spend your time, um, you know, you know, keeping active, knowing that, you know, you, you've, you've kind of had active lives before and now you're, you're in Sonoma and just kind of retired. Right. Usually, um, uh, before COVID hit, um, we'd wait for 3 PM because there's just thousands of happy hours up here. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. We, we were get, wanted to hit 462 wineries. We're tasting. No, I'm just kidding here. But anyways, uh, yeah, before COVID, there were there's so many places to explore up here between the scenery, the ocean, um, different small towns that are so quaint, different villages. And uh, it's beautiful. San Francisco, the North Bay, um, Marin. What, what, what a great place to uh explore, you know, and uh, and we made a lot of friends and uh, we stay active. I you know, I went back to weightlifting and um, and walking just about every day. Uh, we walk for a few miles a day. Well, I try to get out there, anyways. Yeah. But uh, no, we're we're staying busy. You know, <laughs> never bored. You know, washing the cars, whatever. So, um, in two thousand nine, the first time you ever flew out of the country you came to London. You saw you saw my gig at the Royal Albert Hall, which I always say. It was either the beginning of the beginning or the beginning of the end. Luckily, it turned out to be the beginning of the beginning, um, or at least when everybody collectively remembered my last name somewhat. Um, what was that like? You know, you know, because you knew at that point, you know, we were doing pretty well, and I would give you updates and send you photos or whatever. And and what was it like? You know, showing up and seeing, you know, seeing that gig. You know, absolutely and amazing. Absolutely and amazing. It looked fun from the film. It, I, I wasn't having much fun that day, but 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 it looked fun. Uh, I have to tell you, um, when you walked out on the stage, and that whole building stood up for you, and I looked up and thought about my parents, wishing they could have seen that. It brought tears to my eyes. I was so choked up, at the, I couldn't even speak. It even right. chokes me up at this point right now. You know it. Such a proud moment, and to see all your hard work that you and Roy did together, um, amazing to come come to this point and to see you on stage with Eric Clapton was surreal, and it, it just came off so beautiful. It, it, what it we can't explain as parents how this makes us feel, you know, and well, uh, it's really hard to uh, you know. Speaking and think, of the family. Yes. And, and, and the music business. Why do you think the Bonamassas have always been in it? You know what that is. It started with my grandfather. Yes. And that's his horn. And yeah. uh, my grandfather started playing trumpet at eight years old. 
And I think he went to a Catholic school and he grew up in a very poor family. And I think a nun gave him that, um, wow. that trumpet. And he used it all his life. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and he, my grandfather passed it on to my dad, who was, uh, you know, a great trumpet player, um, highly educated in music. And I was the black sheep in the family. And, uh, um, but it, it uh, I don't know. It's uh, just to think back to the history of our family and, and where, where it's came. A hundred years. Yeah. It's a century, you know. Amazing. Uh, My grandmother would have been so proud to, to see you accomplish what you did. My grandmother was also a huge music fan, and so was my mom. Mom, talk to me about your parents, you know, because I, I, I get my name from from your father, Joe right. Pat. And that, that was because I was the firstborn of of five sisters. OK, so I was the first nephew and there was clearly lots of negotiating to name me Joseph Leonard. OK, and um, talk to me about your your your, your parents. Well, you know, uh, my grandmother, your mom, died. She was very young. Um, it, it was right before I started to make my first album in the '90s. Yeah. And yeah. and and my grandfather lived to 90. You know, and two, and he was a carpenter. Days. Yeah, two days before his 90th birthday, he passed away. But he was a carpenter by trade, and to support a family, he ended up working in a factory because. Uh, you know, you couldn't build homes in the middle of winter up in upstate New York. So the work was seasonal as a carpenter. Right. So in order to provide for his family, he did end up going into a shop, you know, and and working for a, a company called Special Metals that had opened up. And um, he was a very hardworking man, very practical. They, you know, um, both my parents, you know, were very practical people. Um, but uh, it wasn't anything like the Bonamassa family. We we were all very quiet. The Pol Polish family was very quiet and, you know, in complete uh, opposite of the Bonamassa family. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, and again, like you said, my, my parents had five children, all girls. So when I was pregnant, we decided that if it was a boy, that I would name it after my dad. Right. His name was Joseph. So, so yeah, so that's how you got the name Joseph. That's, in, you know, I mean, if you do, like, if you do the the DNA, I mean, to have five girls in a what family, that's, that's, yeah. what that's, that's pretty odds? rare. I mean, like, the, 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 you know, something, I mean, it's like, that's, that's, that needs to be studied on, like, a university level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, it's it's it, it, it was interesting because, you know, like this is the holiday special. What we used to do for Christmas was there was always mother was always very stressed because the, all us kids wanted to do was play with the presents that we had Santa had left underneath the tree. But the downbeat for the pal family Christmas was like it was like 1130 a.m. Noon ish, you know, after right. church ham. Just Yep, Christmas dinner at the Pal family. Ham yep. dinner. Yeah, and we would then we would we were fresh off a Christmas Eve dinner at at um, my you know dad's dad's side of the family, which was always the the Italian 
the Italian, the fish, the booyah base, whatever was going on. And then, and then if that wasn't enough calories, okay, (laughs) after the initial Christmas lunch, we would then go over to uh, the bottom side and we would have lasagna. So in those, in that like, like 18 hour period, I would guess we would consume somewhere between 12 to 15,000 calories between at least. Absolutely. At least. At least. Yeah. Without dessert. That's before. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was like, that was our, that was our tradition because, yeah. you know, we, we seemed, I always looked at us like, it's like, we need, we were the only like entity that needed to make appearances. Because it was like, it's like, if we didn't, if we were like, oh, you know, we're, I think we're tired. We're not, no, you have, these were, these were standards. Okay. Right. As soon as you finished your orange jello with the carrots. Okay. We were (laughs) off to the next, you know. Oh no. But yeah, so it it was, and it was every holiday, not just Christmas. It was Easter. I mean, Father's Day, Mother's Day. It was always the double, the double holidays. And the double birthday, because a lot of not a lot of people know that my sister and myself were born literally almost on the same day. May, yeah. I'm May 8th and she's May 9th. And and what time was I born and what time was Lindsay born? How close were we being almost the same day? You know, it probably was pretty close. Lindsay was. was born in the morning of the 9th and you were born in the um, almost at you know, close to midnight on the 8th. So it was very close. And I remember when I was pregnant with Lindsay, you were born on Mother's Day, May 8th. Right. And I wanted, what I was hoping was that Lindsay would be born either on your birthday, May 8th, or Mother's Day, which would have been May 10th. Right. So they have two children born on the same day or born on Mother's Day on the 9th. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if it was the eighth, it would have been one birthday cake. We could have saved a few bucks. You know? Exactly. We, 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 totally, we, we totally got screwed on that. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing is, like, a lot of, uh, not a lot of people know, I was supposed to be born on May 5th, but I was, I was late. Hanging yeah, around for a few yeah, days. a little late coming out. And yeah. It was painful. I would imagine it was a painful birth, and nothing is, <laughs> 43 years later, it's the same, the same pain gets triggered. Still. Yeah, I can attest to that. I was there. Yeah, it was real painful for him. Yeah. 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 Are you disappointed that your son hasn't hasn't spawned an heir? No. Not eyes, eyes with me. You no, know? I've always told you. Yeah. That's your decision. You know, to you, have children or not children. Mm-hmm. You're you're under no no um I'm trying to think of the word I want to use, um, you know, requirement to provide us with any grandchildren. Yeah. We love, absolutely love the two grandchildren we have. And we would love if someday you did change your mind, but that's that's entirely up to you. Yeah, but I don't, doing I don't what think you do for a living, you know, I was going to no? say. No, you don't think you are? No, I don't think I'm a kid guy. I, I think I'm too much of a kid to be a kid guy. Now well, I could. I thought you were an old guy as a kid. So now you're saying you're a kid as an older guy? Whatever suits my narrative. Whatever suits my narrative. I, I, I am I am what I need to be to get out of trouble. I, I've always done that. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm too old. I'm too old to have a kid. No, I'm too now nah, I'm too too much of a kid to have a kid. It's it's that's that's the that's been my, my whole thing. I wheeze a lot of everything in my life, you know. <laughs> Especially when it comes to 
the, the tough issues with my parents. Now, one of the things I always said, my sister and I are very lucky. You guys have been married 46 years, okay? And, and you know, through ups and downs, okay, 46 years. I mean, like, that's, I mean, you're, you're knocking on the door of being married 50 <laughs> years, 50 years. How do you, what's your secret to a long, successful marriage? Because a lot of people, you know, are going, oh, my God, you know, you know you're not, you're, you guys are not that old. And you guys have been married you know, you're the last of a generation that that got married in the early 20s um, and and had kids. You know, you had, kids you had kids young like age. 24. OK, so it's yeah. like at, at, at that point, I mean, like that doesn't happen much to the late 20s, early 30s. You know, I think a lot of it's so, you know, like it, it, it economics by the time they can save up enough money. But this was this was old school. This was almost like, you know, single you know, you, you were the first generation of having two incomes because your your parents would always be, you know, dad would work, mom would take care of the, the, the kids at home. And then that changed in the early 70s. And then both mom and dad had to work. And now everybody's the kids got to work to pay, you know, especially if you're living in California. It, it's it's you know, what's the secret to a long marriage? Uh, I, from my end, she's always right. That's one of the secrets. Right. And I think another thing is, too, I think we both realize at this point in our lives that no one else would really put up with either one of us. <laughs> right. I mean, we're, and, we're and, both just, you know. And you to have to with. remember that for some of our, a lot of our married years, I worked days, he worked nights. That worked. So, well. yes. Yeah. So there, we had a lot of me time. That's right. We had we time. Yeah. So, so yeah, but uh, so it's. It's yeah. been, like you say, marriage has its up and ups and downs. Yeah, stupid things not helping matters out. No, twenty four seven. No, she's ready to kill me. Right. <laughs> I mean, cause, I mean, you, you you guys got a nice big house, but it gets small, doesn't it? Oh yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> it it gets small. All right. Before we wrap up, um, your favorite your favorite Christmas holiday memory any year? Just pick one, mom. Favorite Christmas day? Um, you know what? I, I'm going to say um, the, um, I came out to California for Christmas. You had invited us both out to California when you had your house in L.A. Mm -hmm. And um, came out there. Gibson was just a baby then, I believe. Yeah. And um, we were going to uh, have uh, Christmas dinner outdoors. Right. And you had bought this whole um, patio set, the grill and everything. Yep. And of course, the weather changed. Yeah. And it was okay. cold and windy. And we ended up trying to put put a heater in the area that you had set up for the uh, dinner. But it was uh, it was a different Christmas. And it was, I think, my first Christmas in California, which was very yeah. nice. And yeah. I don't think I was there either. So that, that, probably. That, that probably helped out a lot, you know. It, it, it felt quieter. Very much so. Oh, for sure. Dad, your favorite Christmas. Favorite Christmas, um, I can't say exactly what year it was. And just looking back at this was probably when uh, Deb's parents were alive and my parents were still alive. And we got the whole family was still together before, you know. It, uh, yeah, because I do, I do miss my parents and... Uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's it's you know you don't realize till later in life how important family is to you and being able just to spend time with them and uh, right but uh no christmas is a great time of year we really love it you know it's uh especially now that you know it's so nice to get the whole family back together and we have our grandchildren down the road and uh you know i'm really looking forward to these christmases the future too, you know. And Joe, I'm going to put that same question out to you. Do you have any special Christmas um, Christmases that you remember? Because I'm remembering one that you came home and your father had a fishing trip planned. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'll bet that that's one of your most memorable uh, Christmases. Well, it was the closest. It was uh, the, the it was the closest I ever came for it being my final Christmas. Um, <laughs> We went. We went fishing. Now it's it's important to to, to know that like not only do the Bonamassas uh, celebrate Christmas, but 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 the Bonamassas and the Myers celebrate Hanukkah as well. So it's it's yeah. the, both both and the, and the kids just the, the the kids just clean up. You know what I mean? It's like Uncle Joe comes in. I buy their loyalty for another year. It's it's great. The uh, the the Christmas I came home. I came home from Japan. This was in two thousand eight. And this is, you know, like I flew from Tokyo to Detroit, Detroit to Syracuse, which is the closest jet, you know, you actually get a jet airplane um, to, to, you know, upstate New York, you know. And um, dad had uh, purchased a, 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 a guided fishing trip for not only myself, but my brother-in-law, Michael. And it was for the day after Christmas, which is okay. You know, so we were warned it's going to be cold. Fine. What it turned out to be, it was the coldest, I don't know, boxing day in the history of boxing days. Okay. This was, this was, this was three feet of snow. It was sub zero temperatures. I had bought a whole bunch of now. I, I, you know, it's a fine product. I went to Dick's Sporting Goods, um, the chain, and I bought about $600 worth of, of, um, winter gear okay because I, I i since i lost a whole bunch of weight i i've always been cold okay and it changed my whole thing so i i bought five six seven layers boots extra whatever gloves on gloves okay i was ready for a trip to antarctica absolutely yeah About a half dr- hour into this yeah. trip okay every layer had been penetrated i was in trouble okay we start drift boating down the Salmon River, and the line, it was so cold, the water would freeze in the eyelets of the rod, okay? It was on contact. It's, you know, the warmest place in that area was in the water, okay? And we fought, we, the, even the fish took the day off. There was- yeah. well, when, I remember when the oars were just lifted out of the water, the water would freeze on contact. You see icicles hanging from the, from the oars. It was brutally cold. And that was probably like a four or five hour trip. And, you know, I don't know. It, it was torture. So cold, no fish would bite. Uh, it was, yeah. there, there is a YouTube video that There's, I saw yeah. called yeah. Uncomfortably Numb. Yeah, and you, you, you'll see me very close to death at that point. I'm, yeah. I'm huddled. Joe. The only heat source that was on a, an aluminum boat, which, again, is not exactly, you know. This was, it, other than the fact that it was cold, it was actually a great trip. That was actually one of my most memorable uh, Christmases. But uh, anyway, thank you guys for being on our holiday special. 
I, I know there's a there's a lot of lot of dirt and information that you'd like to disclose about your son, but but I'll let you do that on social media. You know, try to keep this light and 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 um, I, I look forward to uh, I, I look forward to visiting. You know, and uh, we 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 our family we do it in a very responsible way. So there's no you know it's not like it's you know don't don't troll me for 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 break for breaking the rules. Um, but I love you both. And, and honestly, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you literally and figuratively. Because <laughs> Joe, Joe, we love you too. We it, love it, you, was, Joe. It's always great just spending time with you, you know, and it's it, uh, within reason. Let's, you know, reason. we, we always, you know, I always tell mother, you know, the status of, you know, like at Thanksgiving. So what are we doing for Christmas? Said, well, let's see how today goes. Okay. It's everything will be pending, you know, We'll see how today goes, and then we'll plan Christmas. I, we see, we've seen your escape from Thanksgiving. You know, you left <laughs> three, four hours earlier. Yeah, you know, we see how you operate. Can you? Did you hear? You could you? Because I have to drive past your house. Did you? Do, do you hear when I unleash the M five? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. car sounds amazing. Yeah. You know, so. too bad you had to you had to stop the stop sign at the corner. You you can hear the mufflers rattling. Exactly. But, uh, it's not that I'm anxious to get home. I just don't uh, want. I, I don't hey, want to get any trouble. I don't want to. I don't want to overstate my welcome. Right. That's but right. the thing is, it's 403 miles to your home, mm -hmm. and uh, you made pretty good time, didn't you? It depends. It depends. As long as I, I listen. I, I, I follow the rules straight up. Now, yes. sometimes there's a few shortcuts that I know that that I can make to 403 miles in just a little under five hours. That's right. that's by the way I'm 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 Johnny Law. <laughs> Think says seventy, I'm not doing seventy one. I just stick it right at seventy. There it's, you go. It's, it's, it's consistency, and I only stop one time. Guys, I love you. Thanks for being on. This has been the holiday spectacular. Thanks for having us. And and, and one of the one of, one of the big you know one of the things about our cruise is the most the most. Um, most popular autograph on the boats is mother. That's right. They, they, the, the fans know that's, that's yeah, the big yeah. boss. Nobody I'm, can shut this I, thing I, I down. Yeah. No, no yeah. there's only one person that can shut this whole thing down. Literally boat back to port done is mother. So not even, the, not, not even, not even me. I have no, I have no authority. All right, guys, thank you very much. This has been Live from Nerdville, Season 2, The Holiday Spectacular. My guests have been Leonard and Deborah Bonamassa, a.k.a. my parents. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Joe.